Today I'm chatting with Epi Ludwig. I've known Epi for about eight years, mostly from my time in Singapore. He's one of the pioneers in the crowdsourcing ad space. Epi founded Crowdsourcing Week back in 2013. I went to their first event in Singapore, and they've since reached more than 20,000 people in 75 countries with various Crowdsourcing Week events around the world. We talk about crowdsourcing, also the Bold Awards, which is something Epi launched more recently, and we touch on the importance of purpose and understanding your why. There was a bit of background noise at times, but please bear with it. Here's my conversation with Epi Ludwig. Good morning, Epi. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Hey, good morning, Matt. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Uh, here in Singapore, uh, sorry, here in Thailand and yourself in Singapore. Yes, today. yes, that's correct. Under all this, um, all this uh, thing that's happening around the world today. Yeah, right. I've been, I've spoken to a few people in Singapore in the last few months. Actually, I was looking, you know, we haven't, I think we last met physically, I think, was in Bangkok a couple of years ago. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was, I was looking on your LinkedIn profile just to refresh my memory and stuff. And it said, I think it said Venice came up. Is, is that, I think that was because of crowdsourcing week or is that, or, or was it the Bold Awards or is Venice, what's the connection to Venice um, professionally and, and everything? Yeah, well, Venice is where we hold our um, Bold Awards event that we do it once a year together with uh, H Farm, which stands for Human Farm, which is one of the most unique and the largest um, innovation hub in Europe. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll get into that a bit. I wanted to, um, I mean, before we kick off with any questions, you know, how, how are things going over there? How's, how's Singapore been? I mean, business is normal for you, disruption, you know, anything, any silver lining to the chaos? Well, you know, it's, um, this is a, uh, it's happening all around the world in a, in a similar fashion I would say uh, some countries have a, a different rules uh, I think here's a bit a little bit um, less um, stressful in a way but uh, of course you know yeah, a lot of uh, small businesses closed and especially in retail and uh, those are the ones that are very very affected uh, affected by this uh, in our case like with process we, we've been from a day one we've been a global business and and actually you know, now that we're in, uh, in this situation, uh, we've been pretty, pretty much in, in ahead of time in terms of the, uh, uh, where the business is heading and um, digitizing all of our uh, products and services. So we typically, the only thing that we did not do before was that uh, we did not have a virtual uh, conferences. Uh, and so what we did now is the, instead of having those physical conferences, we just replaced those for virtual conferences and that's pretty much it so now the only the only thing that we do it once a year is the uh, is this bold awards the gala dinner with h farm the rest everything is digitized for us so uh we're we're ahead of it of course you know every business has been affected in one way or the other because also the uh, um, customers and the clients have been affected too so uh some of them have been very like largely impacted by this some of them a little bit uh, depending on the, uh, the business they're in but um, overall we are just pressing on and looking for the um, you know the future pretty much yeah right I mean on I went to your I think 
uh, maybe good to, I will do an intro before the podcast just to give some background on you. But in terms of specifically crowdsourcing week, which I can see there on the banner behind you, do you want to just give a, um, a snapshot into what that's about when it started? I, I remember coming to an event, I think about eight, seven or eight years ago, which I think would have been in the I early think, days. But I think, I think you were the first in the first year uh, when you attended okay. week in Singapore. Yeah. Uh, the, um, uh, we started this uh, pretty much exactly seven years ago. Um, and um, uh, when the idea started with Crowdsourcing Week, uh, I was in New York, I'm from New York. Uh, but then I realized that I need to um, be in Asia. And Asia, the reason why is because Asia had no conversation around crowdsourcing. So that's the reason why I decided to pack my bags and come in and launch Crowdsourcing Week out of Singapore rather than out of New York or something. Uh, but then from, from Asia, we pretty much, we ended up doing a lot of events um, around the world. We've done over 30 plus events in 25 countries in four continents, um, large and small, uh, depending on each country. Um, and in the same time, we've been building a lot of content online. So for us, uh, content has been number one thing that we've been doing. Uh, over the years uh, and that content came in form of the uh, written content and video content and um, as we've been doing this for over the years uh, late last year we decided that we have to uh, we have to do something more which is more scalable uh, not that we we we, un we knew that this is going to happen but we just felt that it was time for us to uh, level up the game and we decided that it's time for us to be more focused around serving these crowdsourced platforms with the content creation activation and the help the opportunities to bring them between the enterprise and between also their, their supply side. And the same time for us also focusing on the building of these virtual summits or conferences, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and that's what we ended up doing. So now it's a uh, very effective, it works very well for us. Um, and now in seven year, um, a lot of people ask me why crowdsourcing. Um, and one of the reasons why I am so obsessed by it is because, um, this is more than just a business itself. It is, uh, enlightening people, uh, bringing this collective consciousness in front of them in everyone, including organizations, um, helping them really define what their, what their why is and how they can be part of this why. Mm -hmm. uh, so everyone has the why, we just have not discovered our why yet. And I think this has been our, our mission for a long time. And as we've been focusing this, we are powering breakthroughs together by helping organizations, uh, you know, defining that why. Yep. And when you talk about crowdsourcing, I, I just for, you know, for people who, I mean, everyone will have heard these, these terms, crowdsourcing, crowdfunding. When you say crowdsourcing and you started off with, you know, I went, as you said, I think I went to that first event. I remember it. Are you talking about, when you talk about the crowd, are you talking crowdfunding, anything related to crowd? Or when you say crowdsourcing, can you just, for our audience, categorize what that is, what it means when you talk about crowdsourcing and yeah. what areas it encompasses? Yeah, well, for a lot of people, when we talk about crowdsourcing, um, 
they immediately think about crowdfunding because it's, it's yeah. probably easier to grasp the concept around it. You're, you're, you're getting funds from a crowd and that's pretty much it. Uh, but actually crowdsourcing is, is this overarching concept where it involves the uh, all other different elements. So we created this uh, diagram a few years back. Uh, we talked about 14 parts of the crowd economy that, and that includes crowdfunding, which has, which is different form of crowdfunding between the uh, reward and equity and peer-to-peer -peer lending. But then we move into a crowd currencies, we move into into a crowd intelligence, uh, co-creation, open innovation, uh, mass collaboration, uh, micro tasks, and sharing economy. These are all part of these uh, mm. crowd, crowd economy. We call it um, now. Um, you know, a lot of times, like also people think uh, that uh, the uh, that uh, in order for you to be part of crowdsourcing, you're getting involved yourself without getting paid. And although that it is true in some sometimes, but not necessarily. So when we talk about this collective consciousness, it is by choice that people choose to be part of it. And sometimes when it's not paid is because of they just believe in that cause and they want to be part of that cause. So one of a great example that you want to think about those causes could be probably, let's say, petitions, right? So you have petitions of people and now they only, um, they only take part with by signing on, on, that, on that petition, but also they funding that petition too. So, you know, here you go, you're sensitizing people being part of this bigger uh, objective that they want to reach collectively uh, and this is where the power of many comes yeah i it my my um yeah like you say i think when people think of when when you say crowdsourcing people instantly kind of link in their head to crowdfunding just because that's the public domain for me i think of companies like 99 designs and things like that that you know i, I suppose marketing communications advertising those were some of the areas that were disrupted early on in in kind of crowdsourcing yeah those were, those were like a, a first generation i call it crowdsourcing market yep. marketplaces um and now we're in the midst of um, the next generation which is the second generation of crowdsourced models um, yeah and this is actually it's a, such a perfect timing uh, one is because uh, everyone is forced uh working from home so now um your computer and the internet access is no longer gonna you you're no longer going to view it more as a uh, like a like before when you were just as the uh, uh spectator uh now you have to immerse yourself so now you're forced to immerse yourself in it and once you immerse yourself in it you end up uh, being part of this all the different different ecosystems where you can find uh, where your passion being met, or your 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 talent and your skills being met in this different type of ecosystem. So it's just the beginning of what of what we're going to see, uh, what the future will look like in these crowdsource models. And what it what what um you know what what is next for crowdsourcing? I mean, when when you look, if you put yourself five years in the future, and you know, or maybe even further, what. What are we going to see? I mean, it's plainly obvious to me now that even with what's happened in the last three months, I mean, I work remotely and I have for five years, right? I travel to Singapore, yeah. I travel around, but most of the time I'm, I'm communicating through this medium. I'm connecting with people in all sorts of ways, but it feels to me like the, 
kind of disruption of the last few months, which has been, you know, has been, there's been terrible elements to it, obviously, and it's, it's not great. But also I do sense that what will come out the other side will be a different working model and more remote connection and people having to look for different ways. Do you, do you see that? How does that link to crowdsourcing? What, you know, what are the things in the future people can kind of hope for in terms of these types of models? Um, you know, when I started crowdsourcing week, I was faced with a lot of um, uh, negative connotation that came with that, with a term of crowdsourcing. And that is because it was viewed more, or let's put it this way, the, the first generation of those type of platforms, they were marketing their, their product as a cheaper way to do things, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so I was always, for many, many years, I was faced by this. Uh, but the way how I see the second generation of crowdsourcing, and for me, I never been promoting crowdsourcing as a way of uh, doing cheaper. I was just using a way that crowdsourcing is for to be used to do things better and to have more options available. But now the second generation is definitely going to set the stage much higher. Uh, and obviously, you know, the, uh, uh, the speed is what really matters. So this, uh, the whole new uh, mindset of between the buyers and the ones who are participating a part of this um, is going to pretty much meet in the middle and able to, we're able to um, funnel this in, in a much efficient way. So you can think, for example, what uh, cloud computing like 10 years ago did to the, um, to the servers and to the companies, uh, you know, medium size and large, large companies and tech companies. And the same thing here, what this can do for the, uh, for the work on demand for, and especially now, now we're facing, we're facing this big, I mean, this, this challenge is so massive. I mean, when you, when you think in terms of the number of the un unemployment that we have today, official, you know, it is, it is, it is so hard to grasp, and we have not even we have not even seen the ripple effect yet. We haven't even seen the ripples, and I think I think what 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 this represents this represents an opportunity to connect the dots um, between the ones who are looking for uh, the work on demand and the and the and the workers who are available for that type of work, but not necessarily on a cheaper way. And so our goal is now to be focusing on like, okay, how can we, how can we be one of those uh, platforms that we can connect this? And so we are actually in the midst of uh, innovating within um, uh, ourselves and, and figure out the one good product that we can launch out of this that can really help both sides of these of this marketplace between the uh, the enterprise and between the supply side in terms of the work. Uh, workers. So I think it's just a matter of time. Technology, it's here. Some technologies are not here yet. Uh, and I'm talking about more about the virtual reality. Uh, mm -hmm. But we are in the midst of seeing a uh, revolutionary product in a virtual reality that's going to enable us to do things that we have never done before. That sounds interesting. And I, and sure. I say this because think about for a moment, Matt. So um, there is this... Uh, there's a, 
100,000 people coming together. This is a magic number, and I'll tell you why. Um, with 100,000 people coming together to work towards a, this big project, audacious project, their goal, uh, we ended up um, having um, built uh, from an ancient time in, in, in Egypt, like uh, the, the, uh, the uh, pyramids. Uh, the Great Wall of China was built with 100,000 people. Um, we built a uh, Panama Canal with 100,000 people working together. Uh, we send the man on the moon uh, with 100,000 people working together. Uh, and probably it wasn't like exactly 100,000 people, but roughly around that number. Now, think about now if you're able to tap into a million people working to get together. And today we have this huge opportunity to create unbelievable, amazing future for ourselves. Uh, and this is where I think we are heading. Um, I just hope that you know the other external forces that we're experiencing right now will not stop it. But other than that, like once we overcome this this big challenge that we have, it's going to be a much brighter future. Um, that abundance is waiting for us to grab it. Uh, abundance has been existing ever 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 since the human humankind was on this planet. It just it was stopped by other external forces, and I think we have this opportunity to get to that now. Yeah, I agree with you. I like those analogies. You're right. I mean, I didn't know those numbers of 100,000, but, you know, the, the difference is the internet, right? I mean, the, the internet changes things dramatically from, you know, bringing together 100,000 to bringing together millions and, yeah. and millions and being able to, to create things. Yeah. And, um, and if you think for a moment, right? So just think for a moment. And the reason why I mentioned that um, we are in the midst of, um, transformation between now immersing ourselves on the internet versus being a spectator, um, I'll give you a great fact. Uh, you know, this uh, Gangnam style music that came out of Korea and the spot that was- Remember it well. <laughs> over, there's over thir 3 billion viewers uh, up to this date ever since it was uh, launched. Now, if you take those 3 billion views, right, and you take, uh, the hours, collective hours that were spent watching that particular, just for that particular spot, that brings us to over 200 million hours spent collectively just watching Gangnam Style. Now think about how many other Gangnam Styles of collective hours we have been wasted on a worldwide <laughs> Now if you take those collective hours and you put them into good use, like in this case with Gangnam Style, you're talking about you can you could have built 20 empire state building with that gangnam style bullshit that you just watched this that's a brilliant i i think the problem with that model is it comes down to the consumer of the content as much as the content itself right and i i don't know i mean you know not that i'm i'm just as guilty of consuming you know a lot of crap online as i am as being productive but you know this is just the kind of uh I don't know about the paradox, but it's somewhat the paradox of the internet. It's hugely powerful and hugely wasteful, like everything, right? At the same exactly. time. That's yeah. the reason why I say, unless we, unless we know our why, and unless we know the collective, we are enlightened by the collective consciousness, we're just going to keep being uh, spectators for the rest of our lives. And so I rather be the player than be a spectator. Because, you know, in a God's image, you know, you've been made as a player, not a spectator. And so the universe is massively huge. And there's a, there is 
everyone has its own position to take. And we have this, actually, it is not an opportunity. I always say it's an obligation for each one of us to find our why. And once we do that, then we are able to think in a much and be part of this bigger, bigger picture. And this bigger picture is going to liberate everyone. So, For sure. And look, I mean, obviously, I, I think we're very aligned on that. I think, you know, I think every day about purpose and, and the why. And actually, with our business, we spent, we still do. In fact, we, you know, I think two years in, we still go, sit down every couple of weeks and look at what is the why. Because the why can change, right? Depending on the, you know, outside conditions like now. Um, you know, on that, on that theme, and this is something I've been, I've been talking to a lot of people in the last few weeks. With the lockdown, it's, it's been great because podcasting if anything has been a it's been easier to get people on calls and I've had some really interesting chats and one of the themes has been around leadership particularly in terms of how different people deal with the situation today and I, I was interested to ask you you know in terms of what you're seeing I mean you 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 mix in different circles are, are you seeing various qualities of leadership in terms of people how they will um, transverse this situation and come out the other side you know things that qualities that really a kind of powerful in the situation that we're in now yeah well i mean uh, the way how i see the leadership um from the past and the leadership of now and the leadership of the future is that the uh, and that's what's what separates is that the leadership of the past uh is the leadership of being the leader of the of being allowed the leader right and the leadership of the of the present and the future is being a a crowd leader, right? And so once you're a crowd leader, you understand that, you know, each individual has a lot more to contribute and to be part of this bigger picture and able to help how they can mash these things together by working together and not fighting the wrong fights. And I think, you know, this has been proven for many, many years. Um, the office politics and bad energy that was happening all around all these corporate corporate worlds today the companies are not productive because of the behavior that they have been they had in the past working these offices even though that you physically you're there but you had spent tremendous amount of energy on a nonsense and now you are forced to leave that nonsense because now you're forced to collaborate you can't have any more of those office politics anymore when you're working from home because now you are, you are that, 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 that one point to a next point to make that big difference and more points you have, you're going to make the collective, you're going to make the big difference. So I think, I think that that has to change, but behaviors don't change that easy, right? So you have to know. Uh, and yeah, for sure. What you end up, you you what you're going to see is that the uh, even after lockdown and 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 people get returned back to work, and some of the companies that just make it mandatory to work from home now. If you can work from home, you don't have to go back to offices. But the long story short, a lot of people will let will be let go, and you're going to start seeing this new leadership who understands the power of collaboration and not the being. Uh, 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 thinking about the office politics and so on that's been going on for decades. Yeah, sure. I think the, I mean, this is not new. I mean, the role of entrepreneurship has been, you know, become more and more important in the last 
15 years really but I think now more than ever the opportunity the the limit of opportunities inside bigger organizations and the need to be flexible and go out and be able to you know just find your own work in your own way and innovate are going to be more important than ever after yeah and if you, if you, see, if you see now um, the ones who are pressing on the, the ones who are doing amazing things and there are just keep on pushing are the ones who have a very good culture um, and the ones who, who productivity has been just tanking and 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 not been able to uh, do anything or not surviving is because their culture is broken and 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 yeah so this is a new time it's a new time to completely think what are your what are your intention and i think now the question needs to be asked individually what is my intention uh, and you know a, a lot of times like you also hear this thing about the work-life balance there's no such a freaking thing <laughs> just life <laughs> that's you know, very true yeah. balance, you know uh, and so when people tell me like work-life balance it's like dude you have no clue what you're talking about it because first of all up to certain age actually now you have all the opportunity at the very early age you can just choose what you really want to do for life and that you can apply to as part of work and you're no longer working anymore so that's your life that's your life balance I, yeah. there's a great expression actually that you made me think of when you're saying that which is i think i'm paraphrasing slightly but the expression is something like life is what happens while you're busy planning you know it's like this whole kind of thinking you're, you're planning for some kind of life and you realize, well, that is life. It's what's happening right now. So, exactly. and then, yeah, the work-life balance thing, I've for a long time realized that, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, the balance uh, is getting life right. That's, that's, the, that's the balance. It's a commitment that you make to yourself, right? So if you make a commitment to yourself to live life, Matt, uh, you are living life. And uh, one way that I discovered myself, how, I'm, how I can hack into my life and how I can multiply my days is like I'm not looking any longer in terms of like the uh, um, how old I am and you know what's the uh, what's in store for me you just have to take every single day uh, and just maximize that day uh, so you have to wake up with that day knowing that that day will come and will go it will never come back and the way to do it is very simple and I do it in a way that uh, it helped me a lot to look at everything there, even though when I'm more in those downtime, which everyone has those, you start to start things and say, oh my God, yeah, I get up and do stuff. And the way how I do it is basically, you, let's say you take um, an average person who lives in 80 years old, right? Um, and you are, I'm 44 now. So what I do is I just take, instead of counting the years that I have left, I start to put together those days that are left within my 44 years old and 80 years old. And those days become my, my, my life bank. And that life bank, I want to multiply it. And the only way to multiply it is by looking at every single day. It's an amazing day. No matter what comes to you, it's got to be amazing. You got to be amazing. And that's the commitment you have to make. And once you do that, you make every day count. And that's how you end up multiplying your days. And that's how you live longer. Good piece of advice, I think.
Um, hey, I'm just looking at the clock. We said, have you got another five, 10 minutes? Are you okay for time? Cool, because I know we, we're sitting at our past and that's all we have booked in. Um, a couple more things. I, I wanted to ask you about the Bold Awards. I don't know a huge amount about them. It's the newer part of your life. I know Crowdsourcing Week's been going for, what, eight years or so. The Bold yeah. Awards, I see you talking about it. I've seen you, you know, you, you've, on emails, you use the language. Do you want to just, just give us uh, the pitch of what the Bold Awards is all about? Yeah, well, Bold is, uh, as I mentioned, we, we launched this together with uh, uh, this innovation campus, uh, uh, H-Farm. And um, when we did this program about two years ago, uh, we wanted to create something that is unique, that, is, uh, that resonates with people, individuals, and people who work in the companies and corporations, whatever. Uh, and bring this, give this badge, this badge of being courageous and being bold. And so that's what bold is about. So pretty much like we are, we are now working on like digitizing this badge of, of being courageous and giving to individuals and the companies who are doing amazing things in, the, in, in their own category. So the bold is this innovation program. It's a, it takes for about 10 months altogether, the whole entire um, uh, program. And it's driven by submissions. We have a submission in 20 categories and the categories, they go beyond. You have a category in crowdsourcing, but then we have a categories on AI and robotics and artificial intelligence and the uh, AR, VR, and the list goes on. Um, and with this, we do it in three rounds. And after the three rounds, then we have a public voting, which uh, usually takes about 10 days. And this is where we see a, quite a huge uh, spike in the traffic, uh, given the fact that everyone now is proactive in the network for the public voting. And once that is over, then we have a judges come in and do the selection of the nominees. And at the end, once all of this thing is done, then we do have this a very unique uh, black tie a dinner gala at H Farm, which is a very unique place to uh, around 300 people, and there's like a evening in Sing in Singapore. No, in, Singapore. in Venice, Italy. In Venice, Venice. okay. Yeah. Hence so the H Venice connection. H Farm is, is based outside of Venice, Italy. Yeah. Okay. So it's a beautiful uh, farmland outside of Venice, about 15 minutes place, but it's a very unique campus. Um, I'm surprised many, not many people know about it, but uh, you know we've been doing this also, bringing people to think about you know what is it to be bold, and so someone asked me actually, he asked like. What, what made you to launch a bold award? I said, well, you know, what we're doing with crowdsourcing, we were bold enough to bring a very unique type of uh, education in terms of like collective consciousness and so on. And also same thing for H Farm. I mean, for everything that they do is all around the uh, designing uh, programs around humans. And I think human is in a center, the people are in the a, in a center of everything that we do between crowdsourcing week and H Farm. And that's the reason why we launched bold awards. And now we are in the third edition, uh, which is going to launch uh, very soon in a week's time. And the actual uh, gala dinner will be in March next year, late March next year. Cool. I will. Um, it sounds bold. It sounds exciting. And I'll, I'll definitely check it out. So and hopefully look, look, look forward to kind of collaborating or being part of it in some way, voting or, or submitting. So I'll, I'll check okay. it out. Cool. We've kind of, you know, reached the end of our, our half hour. Was there anything else um, you you wanted me to ask that or you know things you wanted to talk about? Um, 
Um, no, I think I think it's great. I mean, the the last thing that I just want to I just want to uh, you know just give people an understanding that you know uh, take this thing one step at a time. You know, it's very easy to be discouraged by it. You know, and look into the failures. Don't look at your weaknesses. Just look at your strengths and mastering those strengths, and and you'll get on the other side. You know, uh, it's just a matter of time. And don't allow yourself to, you know, to, to sell yourself another lie because we all lie uh, and we lie to ourselves a lot more than we lie to, 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 to other people. So stop lying to yourself and, and listen to your, to your gut and your gut will get you there. So I think it's, that's, a, that's the thing that I want to leave people with. And, and the rest, you know, just go in it and don't, don't worry about what's, what's going to happen in a month from now. Awesome. And if people want to find out more or, or connect with you, to um, what's the best way? Social media, email, whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all across just EpiBitVic. Just, I'm, I'm probably the only EpiBitVic out there. So uh, if you find the second one, just let me know. <laughs> say it again. Say, say it slowly because I Epi, so it's E-P-I, and then yeah. your surname is? Ludvik, L-U-D-V-I-K. L-U-D-V-I-K, great. All right, Epi. Well, um, I will share stuff on the on around the pod as well. But often people just listen. So good that they've they've got your name and if they want to get in contact. So, yeah. Look, it's been great to chat. Appreciate your um, your energy, your feedback, and and advice. And other others will enjoy it. So, um, yeah. Hopefully, catch up face to face at some point again soon. Yes, looking forward. Awesome. Cheers, mate. This is a podcast from Task. Task helps you create and measure impact. For more information, please visit task.io.